Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. So does he show up and he's just like, I'm f***ing here now. Yeah, I've been covering the big boys. You f***ing youngsters listen to me. I'm Mark Master. Mm-hmm. When I knock on your door to tell you if you made the team or not, you f***ing smile and you f***ing move on, okay? Because we'll have that camera in your face. Hey, Tim Hunter, nice beak. Here's the deal. You're the coach, but I'm the real f***ing coach. I'm Mark f***ing Masters. Mm-hmm. Luggage carousel. He's elbowing people out of the way. Get the f*** out of my way. That's my bag. I'm Mark f***ing Masters. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light. It's the last shopping week before Christmas. It's December 17th, 2018. So maybe you're listening to this as you drive around frantically going. There's no big toys that people are rushing around for. There's not, no toys this year. The LOL stuff, isn't that the big thing for the for LOLs, the girls? you can get them anywhere now. Yeah, they're not like, it's not like they're not available. That's right. They're popular, but they're there. It's not like Tickle Me Elmo, which in hindsight sounds like something you would not have in the Me Too movement. Tickle me, Elmo. Tickle the fuck out of me. So hopefully you found all your uh, your things. Can someone come to my house and wrap all my presents, please? Why don't you just go to the mall uh, where they have the present wrapping thing? That's what I do. I will, I will not be going within 300 miles of a mall. You just pull up in the Eaton Center, pull up right up to the front door, walk right in, <laughs> and they've got a big stand there, and they'll wrap all your presents for you. Give a little donation to charity, boom, you're out of there, beautifully wrapped presents. Boomsies. Hey, Mark Masters. People really enjoyed our uh, our Mark Masters discussion last week. Mark has uh, a response uh, Well, can we just us. get a recap of the... We heard it in the... Uh the recap. Okay, so you heard the Mark Masters. We were talking about him arriving at the World Juniors. Yeah. And he has a response. Okay, I want to hear this. For TSN, I'm Mark <laughs> Masters at the World Juniors. That's how he's signing off all his reports now. <laughs> oh, there's one more, Dan. For TSN, I'm Mark <laughs> Masters at the World Juniors. Now here's Jay and <laughs> 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 Ah, oh, Masters. In on the joke. I love it. Great guy. Now here's Jay and <laughs> That's how we should start every podcast. <laughs> now here's Jay and <laughs> I like how my name's a swear word. Yeah, in some people's eyes it is. Uh, thank you, Mark. Mark's, in, as Bob McKenzie said, embedded with Team Canada during the World Juniors, so make sure you tune into TSN for all the World Junior games. Hey, um, you're gonna check it. You're going to be able to see little Masters uh, ringside reporting. I'm wearing one of your ties, by the way. I just realized. This. Oh, yeah, that's one of the Fox ties. That's right. Uh, you were giving them away, <laughs> and usually staff members come into the, uh, like... It was just amazing. Take the ties. I got to the ties before them. <laughs> well, I don't understand. What, what? I didn't get any fox ties because we have... So at the Fox Wardrobe Department, they had a section where there was approximately 8,000 ties. So my ties would come out of there. 
but you like skinny ties, so they yeah. bought you a bunch. They I didn't, gave me my own separate tie section. I didn't have. I was on the communal tie list. Oh, so you were sharing ties with Howie Long. Oh yeah, uh, Terry Bradshaw, and Big Time, <laughs> Frank Thomas. And they kept trying to give me the ones. That I love Zizaz. You should take The Paisley ties. No, not the Paisley. The ones that looked like the ame- amoebas on it. Yeah, like Paisley. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what you mean. Amoebas. <laughs> amoebas. <laughs> uh, okay, so last week we were discussing on this very podcast. Uh, were we not? Were we discussing what I should do for the weekend? Yes, we were. And I was excited because... Do we have a drum roll? Yeah. I did go somewhere. I booked it Thursday night, and I left Friday morning. And you returned Sunday Sunday. evening, Mm -hmm. right before we taped our first uh, Jane Dan TV show of the week. And uh, where did you end up going, Dan? Here's the drum roll. Keep it going. Keep it going. Stop. Keep it going. Keep it going longer. Just a little longer. Just a little longer. Just a little longer. Bring up the volume a bit. Just a little bit longer. Okay. All right. New York City. The Big Apple, baby. La Grande Pomme. Amazing. That That flight from Toronto. Great choice. I always forget how quick that... The flight is like 40 minutes. Yeah, it's so fast. And as I said, I landed. It took longer to get from the airport to the city than it did to get from Toronto to New York. You stayed in the meatpacking district. Hot, hip, cool, toolsy, on the town. Very I hip. I am so fired up. Very happening. Fired up. What happened, toolsy? Well, first off, um, I text my buddy Sean. Uh, we've discussed him before. He did lighting on uh, the craft tour. We all became uh, very close friends. He and his girlfriend were flying to New York City on the same flight. What are the odds of that happening? He also tried to tell you that because he has a Nexus card that (laughs) you could come in on the Nexus line with him as a friend. He did say this. (laughs) But for some reason, so I got to the airport. My flight was at like two or something. I walked in. Mm -hmm. Security you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And I said to the lady, I'm like, where is everyone? I was the only person there. Where was everybody? I don't, she's like, I don't know. I've never seen this. I thought, I've never been in security where I've been the only one. That is pretty weird. Yeah. At that point, were you like, maybe I should stay home? No, it was great. Um, so went up to the lounge. Uh, they got there. We had a cocktail, did a shot before the flight. You it, upgraded yep. to first class. And who was on your flight with you, Tool? Sitting directly behind directly me. Directly behind you. Who was on your flight? Was Canadian screen legend Frank D'Angelo. Frank D'Angelo. Meow. Meow. Uh, star of the Cheetah uh, sports drink ads. Uh, star of the Rapini ads. Uh, host of uh, Being Frank with Frank D'Angelo. And then star of many, many wonderful motion pictures. In the direct seat behind me. There he was. I uh, Did you talk to him? Did you chat with him? No. If he was sitting next to me, I would have chatted to him. But uh, got off the, the plane. He had the old sign waiting for him. A Rolls Royce was there to pick him up. They had the Frank D'Angelo sign. Uh, so I, I, 
The yeah, listen, I went, to, listen to some of the movies very quickly that Frank D'Angelo has done, Dan. Sicilian Vampire. The Red Maple Leaf. The Neighborhood. And The Joke Thief, which is his new movie, that he was probably going to New York to promote. That Brendo, our writer, said he shot in two days? Yeah, two days he shot it. And apparently he also had to do uh, stand-up scenes. He shot the stand-up scenes in one take over two hours at a real comedy club. The guy's a legend. Yeah, I mean, that's actually kind of impressive. We were saying someone needs to do a documentary on Frank D'Angelo, but not until he's dead. Because there's a good chance he wouldn't be happy. I was watching uh, the movie Crazy Rich Asians on the way down. Very good. Again, the flight's not long enough to watch a movie. So I got to get back to that one. Like every movie in my life, I've got to get back to it. That's pretty much like everything. You've seen a bit of it. So um, Julie Stewart-Binks, who's been on this podcast... She's the main reason I went down. She was having a Christmas party Saturday mm-hmm. night. So she said, Tulsi, we're partying from Friday right till Sunday. I'm like, yeah. okay. She goes, what time do you land? I said, I will be at my hotel at like four. She told me a hotel that's close to her place. It was a 15-minute walk to her house. So I land. I've, I'm like, okay, I haven't heard from Binksy finally around five. I'm, I send her a message. Binksy, all right, I'm here. She's like, yeah, we're out for drinks. And I'm like, okay, where? Nowhere close to you. Okay. <laughs> then she's and like, did you take that as a sign? Like maybe. Yes. Then she's like, uh, we're going for dinner at nine. I'm like, uh, I guess. I'll, can I come to that? Now, did you, yeah. Like at this point, are you like, <laughs> is this woman trying to give me the brush off? Like, is this woman trying to, in a very subtle way, say, I know I said I wanted you to come down, but I didn't think you would actually come. <laughs> yes. Of course. But in her defense, she was out with like seven female friends of hers, so they were oh, having their own thing. Oh, okay. So you busted in on that party. Nice work. Yeah. Um, then eventually we met up, uh, went for dinner, and then uh, she had her party the next night. First person I see when uh, I enter that party, Gary Lawless. Oh, yeah. Former uh, TSN Winnipeg guy, TSN Radio Winnipeg. A Jets guy now with the Golden Knights. That's right. They had a twelve. They had the enviable twelve thirty start Ooh. on Sunday at MSG. Yeah, uh, he and Shane Knighty were there. A great guy. I talked to them the whole night. Uh, okay, really now nice. I understand there were a lot of females there. Yeah, that's the thing. But I you kept... spent the entire night talking to Gary Lawless, <laughs> I former kept... NHLer Shane Knighty. I kept hey, saying to them, <laughs> every time the door opened, four four more women would come in, and I. Uh, I sit there talking, I'm like, guys, there are approximately 90% women at this party, and we have been talking to each other the entire time, and and we didn't know how to solve that issue. We didn't want to be creeps, so we just kept to ourselves. That's even creepier. (laughs) (laughs) You were even creepier. Yeah. Who are those three gay guys in the corner? Well, wait. I did start talking to this one lady. Hmm. Here we go. But she was very standoffish. Oh, that's no fun. Every time I'd go back to say hi, she'd be like, can you give me a minute? I'm like, I don't... Are you solving, like, world peace? Who says that to someone she, at a party? She can said you it, give me a minute? Wouldn't you just let them in on the conversation yes. and then eventually you could talk to that? Why would you say, couldn't you give me a minute to someone at a party? And then she did it again. I walked over. I'm like, hey, what do you guys... Uh, give us a second, okay? I'm like, okay, I give up. That's oh. my one attempt. She must have been attractive for you to even try it more than once. 
Now, someone said she was standoffish, and I'm like, yeah, I take that as a challenge. Right, right. That's She's like a, hideous a, looking, but she wild, does not like me, so I'm going for it. A wild horse. Like, you know, like oh, I can tame that. I'm going to tame that horsey. And that horsey's like, off. You're like, all right. And my entire body hurts because before the party... Sean and his girlfriend, uh, Christy, they were up at, uh, they were in Times Square, right around there. And they're on Fifth Avenue. I walked from my hotel to go see them because I don't know how the subways work. And the, the, the subways in New York are I know, so I know. easy. Yeah, I know. Or even you, you just ask someone. I needed fresh air. Um, it was four miles there, four miles back. And I did not have proper footwear. What? Oh, my God. I had, I had time on my hands. Binksy wasn't nowhere wasn't taking your calls. <laughs> she wasn't answering your calls or texts. Uh, no, she was preparing for a party. So I'm like, I'll just, I'll figure this <laughs> out myself. So I went up and met them, went into Trump Tower. It is as gaudy as the pictures show it to be because there was a Starbucks in there. You just stop and have a drink, maybe a Trumpsicle. There was a the Trump bar. Mm. It was the saddest looking bar in the history of the world. A lot of old Republicans in there? There was a lot of uh, Make America Great hats again. There was mm. a guy wearing a Trump jersey. And the Trump supporters are easy to, to figure out because they're walking through the building. They're white. <laughs> yes. The white, just the white ones. And then they're also saying, man, this building is beautiful. This is gorgeous. Everyone else is walking in saying, this is an eyesore. Yeah, it, I mean, it's been there forever. Nobody used to think that about it before he became president. I mean, they might have. Armed guards out front. Um, and then about uh, half a, or two or three blocks up, there's Saks Fifth, which has beautiful Christmas window displays. And across the street is the big uh, NBC tree. Mm, 30 Rock. So you have a mass of humanity there. So many people, you can't move on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you go skating at 30 Rock? No, I had to get the out of there. I had to find... Go skate, go for a little twirl. I took the back streets to get out of there, walked by Springsteen's Theater. That, You're a uh, backstreet boy. That's right. <laughs> I'm a f***ing backstreet boy. Uh, oh, and um, also at that party, I forgot to mention, Ryan Field, <coughs> our former co-worker. Yeah, he works at, uh, is it CBS New York or ABC? ABC, I think. I think it's ABC New York. I think Nicest right. guy on yeah, He's a great guy. Great guy. Um, so you had a good time there. You ripped it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, what I... Oh, also at that party, uh, Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson. TSN hockey analyst who's been on this podcast. And when I got to work on Sunday night, uh, you had already gotten to work. You seemed uh, totally fine. I saw. I went into the studio before you did, and I saw Mike. And Mike was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I said, "Oh, I, were you at Binksy's party in New York last night?" He's like, "Yeah, we just flew back today." And he goes, "How's Dan? Is he even here?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, he's he's here." He's like, "He's here? Like he's at work?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, he's he seems fine." He's like, "He's not like deathly ill." And I'm like, "No, he doesn't seem to be." But you have an amazing ability, and I will give you credit for this, to bounce back from pure blackout drunkenness to the point where people are like, he will surely be dead tomorrow. (laughs) 
Like, people around us will be like, well, I guess that's he's going to die tonight. Dan will die. And then the next day, you'll just be like, no, I was fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, and so, yeah, you did. You just you bounced back in a you know fantastic way from uh, from something that Mike Johnson clearly <laughs> thought you were in very dire straits. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know me. But so then the question remains: like the woman who is being rude to you at the party, is there a chance that maybe your recollection of how you were approaching her? Oh no, no, might this have been is this slightly is different. No, this is early in the night. This was like. This is like nine o'clock. Yeah, but remember, I. When just, did you start drinking that day? Seven or eight. Oh, that's late for you. I figured it'd be because I remember I had to walk eight miles. Mm, to sweat it out the noontime drinks. I got up around three, walked my eight miles, and then by the time I got back, I had to go have dinner and then go to the party. I. Where did you go for dinner on Saturday? A f- place called Bubbly or Bubblies or Bubbies? I don't know. It's on the corner by my hotel. I had a chicken pot pie. Not good. <laughs> I wanted to try something different. Dan O'Toole in New York. Um, there was one piece of chicken in it. I told the guy, I'm like, "What? you can't call it a chicken pot pie. There's only one piece of chicken. He's like, yeah, I'll let him know. <laughs> Did anything happen? No. No, I did. I got the hell out of there. <laughs> That's all. New York, all these amazing restaurants. You go to Bubbly's for chicken pot pie with one single piece of drumette. Yeah. Let me check. To, I'll find the name of it. Okay, you find it. While we do that, let's introduce our guest. We're always thrilled to have him on the podcast. He has his own wonderful podcast with our friend Jeremy Taggart, the Taggart and Torrance podcast. His name is Jonathan Torrance. Jonathan, how are you? What? Do you know it's a kind of a lovely full circle moment? The first time you guys ever had me on, I was working on the Jenny McCarthy show, and I was in New York City, remember? I do remember that very well. What? Remind me what the premise of that show was. It was 30 minutes of good-natured Friday night dry humping. <laughs> <laughs> this is pre-Me Too of, movement. Yeah, it was. Um, she, her dancers were called the <laughs> Posse, but the network insisted that they had to wear kitty ears. In order for that Makes to sense. be the name. Makes sense. It was pre-Me Too. It was a lot. Um, and it, it was pop culture references. And it was a who's that of American celebrities. Right. Yeah, it was that. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't last, to be perfectly honest. You know, it was, um, uh, as you guys have discovered sometimes in America, there are so many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. And especially when something is a comedy. It has to be someone's vision as opposed to trying to be all things to all people because it stops being anything to anyone, you know? That is very, very true. Very astute of you, Jonathan Torrance. How, how are you spending the holiday season, my friend? What, what kind of things are you going to be doing with the fam? Uh, we're going to Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, you are. Yeah, we are. We're going on Friday for uh, just a dirty, dirty weekend. And coming back on Christmas Eve, we bought a place down there last year, actually. Love that town. So, this is amazing. Tell us more about this. What what led you to buy a place uh, in Nashville? Just your love of the, of the city? It's almost like your cottage, in a way. Your, your camp, your cabin. It is kind of. 96 people a day move to the city of Nashville, which doesn't sound like a huge number. But when you consider the size of the place, and every time I hear the number of people that live in downtown Nashville, I have to stop in my tracks and double-check. It's something like 2,000. 
some tiny, tiny number of people live or lived a few years ago in the very downtown of Nashville. But it's on fire. I don't know when the last time you guys were there, but aside from the Country Music Hall of Fame and its um, tip of the hat to its country music past, it's also IT. It's a culinary destination. Vandy's there, of course. There's a new football stadium. They're building a new baseball uh, stadium. The Preds are on fire. Like, it just feels like whoever's driving, the kind of urban planning of Nashville is dialed. But what what led you to go there over, say, another American city? Or, you know, like, how did you and your wife sit down and say, you know what, we're just buying a place in Nashville. We're doing it. Well, we live in the rural Nova Scotia. We're fans of the country music. Yeah. Um, we saw a few shows at the Ryman, the, the mother church of country music. Sure, the Grand wow. Opry. Um, Jealous. But it's also just clean and mm. friendly, and people say things like, we appreciate you, instead of thanks. Right. Which kind of <laughs> makes you feel good inside, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. You go to the George, um, did you go to the George Jones Museum yet? I thought you were going to say the George Street of Nashville, which I kind of <laughs> love <laughs> as a way of describing the strip. <laughs> like George you start with Street everything of. in Newfoundland and then default. <laughs> By the way, Jay, how's double dadhood? It's very good. Thank you for asking. I'm re- the second kid is so chill. I don't yeah. know if this has been your experience, but uh, the first kid, in hindsight, was a psycho. And, Interesting. And, and the second kid has been very, uh, almost comatose throughout the day. Uh, maybe a, a mild bit of, of uh, crying for the boob. But uh, after that, he's night-night for half the day. He's a chill little guy. So it's been, it's been great, Jono. Funny, because normally nature lets you have business first and party second. Because if you had your party kit first, you'd never do it again. Right, right. So you're reversing nature's course. Well, I think, you know, we didn't know any better, right? Like, we we just assumed that all kids were were insane, like our daughter is, and as it turns out, some of them are chilled. (laughs) One thing we do realize, though, that he's so chill that we've already accepted the fact that he will be one of those kids that doesn't leave our house until he's 35 years old. Like, he 100% will be, he'll be like 34, will be like... You know, there's some there's some great apartments. Um, you could totally find. No, I'm good here, guys. That's you what know, it's going to be like you, for all of us because our kids won't be able to afford housing. That's true. Well, out here they can, Dan. Oh, okay. We just have to move out there. That's no problem. Yeah. Remember, you guys went to PEI this summer. You can buy a house on Optimum Points. <laughs> <laughs> it's Toolsy. only. It's like the four one six is unaffordable. Yeah, it is. It is East Coast unaffordable. Canada is. You so know what? Are you going to spend Christmas in Nashville? No, we're coming back Christmas Eve because we our girls are nine and seven now. By the way, Jay, did you do the priestly, the move where you take a present from the baby to your older kid to kind of grease the wheels? You know, we did. We we this the older kid has gotten plenty of attention. She yeah. can, she doesn't need to complain about anything. I call it the priestly because Jason Priestley suggested that to me when we were working on Call Me Fitz. And like, it was it was so greasy, but it was so effective. Just like the other uh, move, I can't remember if you told me this one was uh, uh, in the delivery room. I uh, bring uh, treats for the nurses, like we like I brought cupcakes this time, like two two dozen cupcakes. Oh, that's a good move. And we got we get a little more uh, love, a little more. Everyone checking in. Everyone, everyone good. Everyone good. Everything fine. Can I get you anything? A little more. Okay. Of that. So having seen how you left the show abruptly to go to the hospital. Did you have the cupcakes already, or you stopped on the way? I had them at home. 
Okay. So I had so them at regards home. regards to freshness. Exactly, right. exactly. They might not have been as fresh as I would have liked them to be, but I think the message still got through. But I barely made the actual birth itself. I barely made it there. How many minutes? 30 minutes to spare. Wow. Yeah, I, I, uh, they, I, they, I was they, lucky. They it was, had the, the baby in a drive-thru. We thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. But, you know, now that I've seen two births, it's not as complicated as I thought it was. Like, you could do it at the home. The cavemen figured it out. Yeah, yeah. It's not well, like... say the first one's glass and the second one's rubber. <laughs> first one, you're kind of hovering around them, afraid to breathe. And the second one's like, I don't know, I haven't seen it in a couple of days. That's <laughs> uh, fine. That's there right. I remember, times. Times. Yeah. remember with the firstborn, you would always wake up, you're like, things are too quiet. Yeah. Is that is that thing it's still eerie. breathing? But the second one, you're like, Adam, it's yeah. fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, we live in a like a four story house, and we'll often be on the fourth story, and the kid will be on the main floor, and we'll both look at each other like, "Who's watching the kid?" No one is. No, nobody's watching the kid. It's in a bassinet by the fireplace, and the fireplace <laughs> is lit. <laughs> then your daughter's putting it in a laundry basket and firing it down the stairs. Yeah, yeah, she's coming up with diabolical schemes to get rid of them. That kind of thing. So, John, See, that's why we have a slide in our house. It's oh, easy. perfect. Uh, what are uh, what are your Christmas traditions? You said so. You'll be coming back Christmas Eve. Yes, um, it's it's nice, you know, to have kids and kind of create your own Christmas traditions. We have the whole family over on uh, Christmas morning for a nice big brunch. And then we have the traditional uh, getting of the wasted, mm. uh, which is something that it, it's an East Coast tradition that we look forward to every year. It's what's those, what's like, the drink of choice? Well, I'm a rye guy, so I usually start uh, parking riots, rye and diet. I love that. I Although love a couple of years ago I had the kidney stones and someone told me it's because Diet Coke really oh. contributes to the buildup. So I've, I've tried to get back on the rye and gingers. Oh, Ryan That's my Gingy. commitment to good health. Wait a minute. So you and uh, Jeremy have experienced the kidney stone nightmare. Yeah. I, the last thing I remember them saying to me at the hospital is, well, you can pass it, Potter. We'll go in and get it. It's up to you. Oh, my God. And then I was out of there so fast. Oh, my God. Because oh. it can be really bad news bears. Have either of you guys ever had them? I, no, I've, I've never, never had one. I keep, everyone keeps saying it's the worst pain you can ever go through. It's like passing a stretch limo where there's room for a Vespa. Oh, it, it should not be mathematically possible. And when it comes out, do you, Are do you, you pee into a strainer so you can see it? Well, yeah, they give you a little, um, for lack of a, a better term, it's like a, a little Ku Klux Klan hat, like a tiny white hat, and you, you hold it upside down, you relieve yourself into this hat, and then should you be lucky enough to pass it uh, on your own will, then you catch the little pebbles. Oh, God. So they told me it was the size of a grain of sand, and I think that was strategy, because if they told you it was the size of a marble, you'd probably get inside your own head about it, so to speak, and, and not be able to pass it. So uh, it's like a peppercorn. It's like a peppercorn. Oh, was God. it jagged edges? Um, no, it wasn't crazy. I could mail them to you. Yeah, yeah, send it to us. <laughs> we'll take a picture. I tell you what, as soon as Canada Post is not on strike anymore, <laughs> I want to fire those guys in the mail to you. Are you guys, um, are you a open presence on Christmas Eve family or Christmas morning? I think you're going to say open casket. 
You an open yeah. casket kind of? I wasn't talking about death. <laughs> we were um, we were allowed to open one kind of lame present Christmas Eve, That's usually socks or underpants. Yes, underpins. from a grandparent. Yeah, and then uh, Christmas morning we did have to go around one present at a time. None of this rip tear stuff, and oh. we always had to wait until my mother had her lipstick on and at least one cup of coffee before we could get her going. Lipstick, interesting, interesting. So one Christmas morning, my brother taught me how to play chess. Because I got a chessboard in my stocking before our parents were up. Oh, wow. <laughs> How wow. about you guys? What are you doing? Wow. You know, it was interesting because my family is exactly the same growing up. And my dad is like a morning person. Like, he was like the get up at six and work out kind of guy. But he would always he would always pull the classic, I'm, I'm going to sleep in this morning on Christmas morning. It'd just drive us insane. No, Dad, come on. Dad, come on. Let's go. Let's do it. No, no, no. I'm tired. So, like, home gym styles? Oh, yeah, hardcore home gym guy. Uh, like there wasn't a good life. Like, what did he have down there? It was a tiny uh, town, so you don't get your good life. You don't get your 24-hour fitness. You get, Like, it's pre-Bowflex, so he had the bench, right? He had the, the free weights. Um, and then Jane Fonda was big. Yeah, well, sure. Jane, Jane Fonda was huge, as you remember back then. Uh, the VHS tapes, I remember he had those. So, really, he combined it all for an all-around fitness workout on the prairies. <laughs> Do you remember 20-minute workout back then? No, I don't. I remember Kiana's flex appeal. That was big on TSN. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They used to have two bangers of those, like 11 to 12 every morning. Exactly. Jim Van Horn was so great. He'd do those uh, sports desk updates, and he would throw after the update. He'd be like, all right, and coming up, Kiana's flex appeal. And you just have the creepiest look to camera, like, yeah, we're about to see it. <laughs> feels pretty racy for the time. It was. It was way. extremely. Yeah, like Both the she, subject matter and the name. Yeah, no, she was uh she was well endowed in the boob area. And uh but then she was really like if you watch it now it's all over YouTube, Kiana's Flex Appeal. She's doing legitimate uh exercises. For uh, sure. You know, she just has <laughs> fake exercises. <laughs> Did you so it's 20 minute workout before your time? I th- I don't know. What was 20-minute workout? Are you kidding? Am I breaking this news to you guys? Maybe. I guess I'm that much older than you. 20-minute workout was, imagine three Kianas from Kiana's Flex Appeal um, joined at the hip doing aerobic activities with extreme close-ups of their glossy mouths and headbands. What? Is this on CTV? No, I think it, it must have been American. Oh, Okay. That's worth a Google. I don't remember that. I remember jo- uh, Hal and Joanna. Yeah, there was nothing erotic about them, though. <laughs> or was there? <laughs> or well, they was were, there? Weren't they a couple, though? Weren't they a couple, John? Oh, yeah, they still are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were on the Mr. D show last summer and were like total troopers and happy to improv and happy to be there. And in one uh, scene, I, I said at the end of it, do you guys swing? And Hal was like, we're up for honestly whatever. <laughs> Didn't even stop That's him in awesome. Like, That's he was amazing. Like, I don't know if this is on brand. He he was all in. See, we, we found the twenty minute workout. Dan, Christoph uh, pulled it up. Dan brought it up here. So they're they're in onesies, uh, not onesies, yeah. but they're in like uh, what, what do you call that? Leotards. Or Leotards. Unitards. Unitards. <laughs> There's three of them I doing like some stretching. I feel like thrusting in the twenty minute workout. I don't this remember is the this twenty minute at all. workout. Any. And Bess and Lori. We didn't have American channels up on the northern prairies. Didn't you? Well, I wonder how we got it. 
on PEI. It must have been some errant satellite. I don't know. I don't remember this one. So, uh, John, are you brought up uh, Mr. D? It's all oh, over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's over. It's all over. Man. Wednesday night is our uh, big finale. Amazing. And we had an eight-year run, which is, you know, really a luxury in this business, in this country. Yeah, that, that's, that's unheard of. It is, yeah. And I feel like one of the things that has allowed me to stick around for as long as I have is that I've kind of jumped on to something new kind of at the end of the thing that I'm working on. So Trailer Park came along at the perfect time towards the end of John Vision, and Mr. D came along at the perfect time um, towards the end of Trailer Park. And so uh, Wednesday is the finale of Mr. D, and then Christmas Day I make my debut in Letterkenny Problem. No way. Yeah. No way. Are you a recurring character on Letterkenny? Well, so far it's one episode, but I was considering it a pilot for a new series. I think you should consider that. So did you go up to Sudbury and shoot with them? Yeah, and I don't know if you guys watched The Walking Dead or Prison Break, but Sarah Wayne Callies played my wife, and she is a phenomenal actor. Wow. And we play Mennonites. (laughs) Amazing! Um, We play Mennonites, yeah. I'll I'll send you guys a picture. I have the the big underbeard and everything. Oh, wow. my, My only criteria was I wanted to do something where I was virtually unrecognizable. Because um, I think that's the key to sticking around a long time is that people can picture you in a different light. Yeah. So we always discuss your your uh, your TV career. What was your first TV gig? What year? Well, I started on Street Sense in 1988. 88. What a show! Yeah. Might have been 89. What a show! Um, might have been 89, but it is 30 years since I started on Street Sense. But a couple years before that, I was in. Uh, shopping center commercial, and I was one half of a two-person horse costume. <laughs> <laughs> Were you the and ass? Not the front. Yeah, I was. It was my first bout of typecasting, man. <laughs> from that moment on, you've been battling I knew it ever I've been since. Bitten by this business we call show. <laughs> wow, I remember an episode of uh, John Vision you did where it was like a Degrassi reunion. Yeah, yeah. Degrassi. In fact, have we not talked about this before? The first person that we booked for our Degrassi reunion was Neil Hope, who played Wheels. Oh, okay. And then it turns out there was some uh, friction between he and one of the other cast members. So we opted to go with the other cast member and kind of uninvite Neil, which didn't feel great. Mm. But we felt the cast member we ended up including was higher profile. Right. Um, And then he met a really not-that-happy end, remember? Yes, he was in Hamilton. He... Did they wasn't it that they didn't know he had passed away for a long time? Like, yeah, I feel like people didn't even know for four or five years, and he really uh, lived pretty close to the bone, I gather, and had a hard go of it. Yeah. But for our little talk show, doing the Degrassi reunion um, was probably the biggest ratings we ever got. And according to lore, it reminded uh, creator Linda Schuyler that there was still some gas in that Degrassi tank, and that was at least part of the impetus for the next generation. Isn't did that you, something? Did you ever appear on any Degrassis? Well, yeah, so the original Shane in in De- the original Degrassi... He was the was one who got... Uh, right, he got Spike pregnant, right? He got Spike pregnant, and yeah. then he jumped off a bridge after taking acid. Yes, as one does. So in Degrassi, the next generation, which was about Spike's now 14-year-old daughter, Emma... Um, they wrote a very special two-part episode where she uh, thinks her dad works at a hospital, but it turns out he's a patient. So she runs away from school. It, okay, it's a deep dive. Spike is now with uh, Snake. Yes, And they're right. expecting their own baby. Emma's feeling left out, so she cuts school to go find her dad at a 
hospital who's not a doctor, but he's in fact a patient played by Buddy from Street Sense. Wow. Because you, the original buddy. actor, Billy Parrott, uh, is a realtor in Toronto now and uh, didn't want to do the episode for whatever reason, so they knew they needed somebody blonde. Well, the market was on fire at that point, Jono, so... Uh, for blonde Canadian actors, <laughs> well, for, me and the, Jerry D, that's all you got. <laughs> no, the real estate market. That's why. Uh, so, oh yeah, yeah, the real Mr. Parrot. Yeah, that's why he didn't want to step away. Were you Fair in enough. any uh, scenes with Drake? No, but he was. <clears throat> pardon me. He was on the series at that time, and those were the years when he was like going to the studio all night, sleeping on his dressing room floor. I remember that he was very mannerly mm. and friendly, but um, safe to say he was kind of. A quiet guy kept to himself a little, like not in a Dateline NBC way, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> wasn't, like, Dan. Uh, like not how neighbors would describe, like not one of those, but um, just not super gregarious. Yeah, murderer is always described by neighbors. He kept to himself. He was quiet. He was a quiet guy. I know. <laughs> Didn't bother us. Incidentally, you know, Taggart and I are doing a record. Yes, yes, I saw. And one uh, of the things we were doing last week was um, we have a Gordon Lightfoot rap banger because gordon lives across the street from drake yes in the bridal path yeah exactly our track is as if uh drake created a beat for gordon lightfoot i saw you i believe jeremy may have posted a little bit of the track or maybe he's just sent that to me i can't remember but i I cannot wait banger when's the the, when's the album coming out probably fall 2019 i'll spit four lines for you ready okay it's the OGGL, straight out of Aurelio, bridal path now, because my album sold really well. It's hard to rap like Gordon Lightfoot, because <laughs> you still have to maintain his kind of rhythm and cadence. So it's it is hard, hard to fit 16 real quick. Um, now, you're doing that, and then uh, what else is going on with the, the podcast? Before we got, Unfortunately, we got to let you go, but uh, what else is going on with the podcast in the new year? Oh, we have some dates in uh, British Columbia in mid-January. And then uh, Alberta and Manitoba, end of February. I love it. So uh, can we go to the website to find those dates? Please do. TaggartandTorrance.ca slash tour. Tour. And what are you doing for the... the, uh, Are you having a viewing party for the final episode of Mr. D? I don't know what I'm doing. Hmm. Oh, it's my kid's piano concert. How priorities change. (laughs) I'll set the VCR. There it is. And I'll come home and watch it in the basement with a single tear streaming down my cheek. Maybe a Ryan Ginger in your hand. There you go. You know what the Ryan Ginger's uh, called? What? A Peterborough, A right? Peterborough Martini. Oh, yeah. There it is. is not, is it? Nah, someone told me that. I'd never heard it, but eh, let's go with it. Come on. That's what I'll call it from now on in my house. Jonathan Torrance, you're a delight. You're a wonderful person, and we love having you on, and we hope you have a great holiday season, and uh, have a great time in Nashville. And also with you. Guys, I can't thank you enough, so I won't even try. Thanks, buddy. Bless you, my friend. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. And also with you. I love (laughs) you. So they bought a place in Nashville. That's amazing. I think he mentioned that the last time um, he was on. That's when uh, Taggart was in here, too. Uh, Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I'd love to do something like that. Should I just buy a place in Nashville, Toolsy? Perfect. I wonder if uh, we can borrow it if we go. To- <laughs> yeah, just borrow the place. Uh, Be uh, I don't know if he'd want your stuff in there and your actually, shenanigans. That's the thing. People always say like, "Oh, you staying at a friend's house or something?" Yeah, I don't, um, I don't really like that. 
No. Because I don't want to soil their stuff, and I don't want them to ask to stay at my place and soil my stuff. Everybody's soiling stuff. Uh, yeah, I want people cleaning up after me. If you stay at like an Airbnb or someone's house, you got to clean up after yourself. You know, I'm still a hotel guy too, Toolsy. Mm-hmm. I'm still a hotel guy too, uh, as well. Okay, well, we got to go. Uh, well, before we go, uh, we have uh, we have a special guest who wants to say hi to you, Dan. A very special guest. Can you guess who that guest might be? No idea. I didn't time this very well because I thought she'd be on the line, but it's all, she's almost on the line, and she wants to say hi to you. Okay. Um, now, take a guess. Take a wild guess. Banksy. Toolsy, you're right. <laughs> and uh, she's fresh from an audition <gasps> in L.A. to be the next real housewife of Nashville. <laughs> It's Julie Stewart Banks, our old friend. Hi, Julie. How was the audition? Uh, Jay, thanks for spilling the beans out there. It was. I didn't get my bachelor audition, so I had to go to the Real Housewives next because obviously Toolsy will be a part of it too. You know, lots of developments from the weekend. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about this. Dan kind of filled us in on his side of things. Banksy, I'd love to hear <laughs> your take on Dan's wild weekend in the Big Apple. I cannot believe Dan is alive or was on TV on Sunday night. Like I actually, Thank like, you. I told my my group chat of girls who saw witness Dan in all his glory, and they were they were pretty shocked. Um, Dan, you made a lasting impression on New York City and all the other Canadians that were there. <laughs> Thank I have you. no like I, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> like I have to say. Your party, uh, whenever you have a party, I am inviting myself because of the, the men-to-woman ratio. Yeah, it was a good ratio for it was, you. It was, Too bad uh, you didn't exploit that at all. But. Yeah, so yeah, here's I the thing. To, I, he admitted that he spent the whole night talking to Gary Lawless and Shane <laughs> Knighty. So, like, what's... Yeah, he did. How do we change this, Binksy? What do we do? Julesy, there were so many girls there that were like... Single, lots of Canadian girls. Big C, I've got no game. You know this. I have zero game. Susie, do you remember the moment when my friend flashed you? Yes. What? (laughs) And you you, that's the sign that she wants to. And do you remember the other friend? She had like the crazy pants on and she was a bit standoffish, and whenever I'd go up to her, she'd say, Ah, give me a minute, okay? Yeah, I remember that too. That that was not an open door for you to go in. Yeah, so but you know, you know it was an open door. The woman who flashed you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was too busy talking to Gary. You were talking to Shane Knighty, trying to line up yeah. another date with Knighty. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, man, you made it through the entire night. Like I think you got to four a.m. both nights at least. Yeah. Yeah. Successful. Thank you. Although you didn't get any vagina, so that's too bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, womp, oh, and I forgot womp. to mention, before I went to the party, before I even had cocktail number one, I got kicked out of the bar in my hotel because of my Christmas sweater. They said it did not meet their dress really? code. And But what about the reindeer ears? Yeah. The I lo- uh, they didn't- do, you, do you have those? Because I lost them. No, you gave them to a girl oh that you didn't God. get with. But, oh, yeah. God. Dan became, like, basically, like, a crazy boyfriend. Like, you wouldn't let me talk to any guy. Whoa. Whoa. What? <laughs> Why yes, wouldn't you Dan, let you Binksy talk to anyone? 
Remember you were like, I'm saving you from that guy. And I was like, no, I like him. Oh, okay. Well, that's being nice, I guess. <laughs> well, okay. Now, now maybe that, I, I'm with Dan there. Like, maybe he was seeing something that he didn't like from someone that He's maybe. Like, oh, I, like, I'm worried about Banksy. I got to go help her out. Meanwhile, I'm like totally googly-eyed, like having a great combo with a hot shot. You're like, I got to interrupt this right now. <laughs> See, I'm a nice friend. <laughs> Ah, oh, this is great. We've got to go do TV now. The big C, we got okay, to go. Well, but this is amazing. We oh. will see you. Let's let's all party in Vegas for my new show that will be on there, okay? Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll is that confirmed? Is that happening? Yeah, it's confirmed, guys. Breaking news. No, not confirmed yet. <laughs> uh, we'll let you know if that happens. Okay, Banksy, as soon as you know, we can you give us just a little, for the podcast listeners, just give us a little tease. What is this show that you may be doing in Vegas? Uh, just guess. Like, Vegas is a gambling town. It's also a bit of a sports hub at the moment. Oh, Put so those a sports together. gambling show starring Julie Stewart Banks. <laughs> and... That's, you said that, not me, and it's nothing is nothing. And I'd probably be working at the Olive Garden, most likely we've discussed that, because, Dan, as you told me this summer, the money runs out, and it's about to. So. Well, I mean... It does. It does. But Peter Schreger yeah, loves the Olive Garden, so you might see him there. I'll be his personal waitress at the Olive Garden. So. Bing, Bingsy, keep us posted, because we'd love to bring you back Hi. on to talk about uh, the Vegas move. The fact that when you move to Vegas, Toolsy will probably also buy a place in Vegas. Oh, I hit my microphone there. Um that would be an amazing thing. Tulsi, uh, the fact that you don't have a place in Vegas. I've already, already. lined up a place at Gary Lawless's house. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was doing, talking to him all that. Yes. We're all going to be at Gary Lawless's. All right. 2019. Uh, thanks, Binksy. Have a great 2019. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, fellas. Bye. Bye. Well, we got to run. We seriously have to go. Frank Saravalli's waiting for us, but that was great talking to Binksy. We got to talk to uh, about the Flyers. Yeah, they're garbage. Uh, all right. we will. Uh, don't forget, we have podcasts on next Monday and the Monday after that. So New Year's Eve Christmas, and Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, then New Year's Eve. That's how the order that they go in. Uh, we've got them for you. So uh, don't stop listening. And uh, then we'll be back in the new year with fresh new pods. And it's going to be... I, f- I have a feeling 2019 is going to be a pretty exciting year for both of us. Let's hope so. <laughs> Bye-bye. They're going home.
This is the Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light.